Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am so excited to have with me Lambers Fisher, licensed marriage and family therapist. You are also an author and a speaker and supervisor and podcast host and all sorts of things that you do, but you're also a husband and father and um, you do many things and have many hats. So it's an honor to have you on and thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So Lambers talks a lot about diversity and your website is diversity made simple. You've written a book about it. You do lots of webinars. You even have a free one that I think you offer on your website. Um, and so a lot of businesses will hire you schools like, you know, you do a lot of different um, seminars for many different people. Um, so, but I would love to know kind of your story, kind of the backstory of even how God kind of even pulled you into talking about this, because there are many people who are colored that don't talk about diversity. They just do what they do. And same with white people. I mean, so where did God kind of lead you into this and talk a little bit about your story and you? Sure, sure. Well, the the origin of it is pretty pretty unique to me, I guess. Uh, as, as in, I'm not your usual DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion specialist at some corporate uh, uh, agency. That's not where my angle is. I'm a I'm a therapist first and foremost, and I uh, my my diversity uh, service, my efforts have come out of that. But that started uh, very beginning, early on. Uh, I can go and give you a summary of that. Uh, first, I grew up in the church, so I don't have a, a a a testimony that 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 says you know I discovered you know God at some later point. So I grew up in the church from both sides of my family, so I was surrounded by it. But it didn't really matter to me until maybe around junior high-ish. Uh, up until that point, you know, all I knew is is how to color pictures of Jesus and 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 be quiet during church. But the messages <laughs> never really meant anything to me. I learned some some memory, some Bible verses when I was told to, but the guy can can heal your sicknesses and guy can pay your bills. Well, I wasn't sick and I had no bills. So it was just, <laughs> it, was all, it, was, it was all over my head. But it was a certain point to where I got to that, you know, developmental age where I started to realize that, you know, maybe life has a meaning or something, but I hadn't realized what it was, not, not for me. I, I was just existing. Uh, everybody else was trying to do something, succeeding or failing. I wasn't doing either. I was just here. I went to a, a, a different church, like visited a different church, and I heard a message that was geared toward youth specifically. Uh, and it was speaking to the things that youth and uh, adolescents were, were struggling with. It's like, oh, this is starting to mean something to me not only that i learned for the first time god has a plan for my life wait what i don't understand god loves me this guy who i don't know loves me has a plan for my life let me at the very least find out more about this and then the more i found out the more i was drawn to it the more it directed everything and so my life of of, of faith and service uh be had meaning and 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 allowed me to then pour into other people to help other people find that meaning. So that, that that's where my 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 commitment. So it's a guy kind of uh, blew up my commitment to um, therapy. 
did not start in a psychology 101 class. But early on, uh, around that same time, actually just beforehand, uh, my parents got divorced and I was devastated, uh, as every child is in their own way. Uh, but not the typical response. I then scoured every relationship I could lay eyes on to try to figure out where can I find a model for how it can work because wow. I want a relationship that can work, that can last. And then I realized, which I hadn't realized before, there was not that many between, wow. between the media family, extended family, my community. There was a lot more examples of what didn't work than what did. Uh, and uh, eventually getting further along in school uh, and realized there's this whole career field called marriage and family therapy who could teach me how to do it myself. As long as I helped a lot other people learn how to do the same thing along the way. And I was hooked, sign me up. And when you merge that faith story with the relationship story, then I started to realize God not only has a plan for my life that hopefully involves a healthy relationship, but God wants all of his people to have healthy relationships in whatever form they could be, uh, marriage relationships, friendship relationships, family, extended family relationships, healthy relationships. And it's hard to do. The more I grew, the more I saw how hard it was to do. And then I realized that connection I see something that other people aren't seeing. I have a passion for something that other people aren't have a passion for, have a drive. How can I merge those together? And then my career then became my ministry where I don't uh, provide marriage counseling just as a job or just to help one particular person. Is I'm helping you strengthen your relationship with each other so that you can strengthen your relationship with God as well. When home is is intact, then you are setting a stage for your kids to not have to be devastated. So you can have a secure relationship when outside the house is 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 difficult. When work is difficult, you can come home to a stable base and you can then have one less distraction to the relationship God wants to have with you. And it's just been this revolving door of the relationship with God, strengthening the relationships with other people, relationship with other people, strengthening your relationship with God. And it's just (laughs) been beautiful to see Um, how that's translated over, over just, just over 20 years now, uh, since since my first client, um, and uh, whether I've been in a, a church setting offering pastoral care uh, counseling or a small nonprofit offering, um, you know, mental health services to people who don't have any insurance or the large for-profit company, you know, that has offices around the whole state. No matter what environment, I'm st- I, I still get to be me. Uh, my motivation is the same, regardless of what titles and roles, I still get to strengthen one relationship at a time. Uh, and, and it's been great. Uh, and ironically, somebody asking how did that lead into DAI? And well, if you understand how my faith story starts then how that translates into the relationship story i started to realize that my colleagues my mental health psychologist social worker marriage family therapist colleagues were trying to do similar things in their own way help people strengthen their self-awareness their identity their relationships with their family and children and parents but a lot of times they were hesitant to see people who didn't look like them Hmm. People thought it was because of negativity and 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 isolation and racism and discrimination. A lot of times they wanted to, but were afraid to mess up. There's like, I don't know enough about this group. I don't know enough about that group. It's best if I not even try because I don't want to uh, unintentionally offend them. And then I realized that the clients, many prospective clients, because they weren't even clients, many people wouldn't even consider going to counseling because those people don't look like me. They don't understand me. So the clients are saying they won't understand. I'm not going to go because we're too different. And the therapist is saying, I'm not even going to try. We're too different, which means a lot of people aren't benefiting from 
mental health services that'll help you strengthen your self-awareness, let alone your, your relationship awareness. It's like, how can I bridge that gap between both sides wanting each other, wanting help and wanting to offer it, but not knowing how to overcome that diversity, cultural offense barrier. And so that's what led into uh, my diversity training efforts, not because I just have a passion for uh, policy and procedure manuals and, and, uh, and HR goals for, for diversity, but how can I bring those mental health tools, those relationship strengthening tools to uh, to a different environment. And I started to realize that the same, many of the same skills that I used, uh, the the techniques, the the the, the awareness uh, ideas that helped bring husbands and wives together, who are innately different in many different ways, understand each other, overcome misunderstandings, overcome conflict resolution worked when they brought it home to other family members, not just their spouses. It, those same, um, uh, maybe I misunderstood what you were trying to say. Maybe you mm -hmm. have different needs that I don't have. Also worked when they took it to their boss, when they took it to the people who are who they were leading. Are there differences? Well, of course. But there are so many similarities that, I would able, that I've been able to use those uh, mental health strategies to help strengthen relationships, whether personal or professional. Understand differences and say some differences get in the way. And other differences we can use to enhance the relationship. So you don't have to be afraid of them. You can just say, which 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 uh, difficulties uh, do I need to overcome and to 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 make the most of? And which ones can I say, I, you know what? I am grateful that we're different because we're offering different things to the conversation and it can enhance. And so it's just been great to see. Uh, it's been great to help demystify what diversity is uh, in, in churches who want to be more diverse but don't know how. And in, in school environments where teachers want every student to feel valued but don't know how. Uh, where in uh, corporate environments where the, the leaders want to make every employee feel welcome but they don't know how. Help them use skills that they likely already have and a few more to it and help uh, people realize you know, they don't have to hire 50 more people. They don't have to shoot for uh, or run from a certain percentage. They can say, how can I help everyone feel valued no matter what your similarities or differences are? And then it just gets fun. Yeah. And, and what you're talking about by wanting to everyone to feel welcome that, I mean, to me, that's the heart of Jesus. Like Jesus loves exactly. all of us, no matter what. I think I shared with you before the show, I had a woman who used to be a Satanist on the show. And the title of the show was that Jesus loves Satanists. Cause we can sometimes think of something and we can get like offended by something, or we can have a judgment or a thought about it. And that's ours. That's our flesh. But Jesus is the originator of diversity and loving us for who we are. Um, so give us a little bit of like diversity 101. Um, and I want to take it away from the polarization of, you know, kind of what society tries to push on us, but really come back to like, what does Jesus say? What does God say about diversity and how he wants our heart posture to be? Yeah, a lot of times uh, diversity gets polarized because of the implications, how people use it. Diversity in itself just means being different. Yeah. We're all different in many different ways. It's not a, it's not a catchphrase for uh, an attack. It just means being different, whether it be different ages, genders, different uh, faith beliefs, different uh, family roles, different socioeconomic status. We can't actually, no matter how much we try, uh, we can't actually avoid different people. Even if you surround yourself with people who seem the same, they are the same. Yeah. in some ways, 
Right. And yet they're different. You're not around some uh, people. You don't work in a work environment where everybody's exactly the same age, exactly the same family background, exactly the same socioeconomic status. There's all subtle differences. The question is, are those differences uh, so big that they impact your relationships? And that's when it gets difficult. Sometimes people see that difference in I have to view my uh, the, the way I am as better than somebody else's. And then somebody else says, well, no, mine is one, not only not less than, but then it's better than, and then it starts to get into defending and protecting oneself. But if you take it out of the difference itself, how about we instead focus on how can we make everybody feel valued? You have higher socioeconomic status. Great. That comes in handy. You are able to do certain things. You have access to certain things. You have less. Wow. You've learned to be resilient in a way that somebody else hasn't had to learn to. You you come from one side of the uh, town to you live in the suburbs, great, that has its advantages. You live in the city, that has advantages. Find a way to maximize the similarities and the differences, and that's where it expands the whole conversation. But we don't have to have it about the, the politics, about how it's being used against other people or not. But even, even when, when um, policies about diversity uh, are used in policies and procedures, if it's about encouraging the freedom of conversation, to to say this is important to me can you hear me then as a therapist i say yes let's encourage needs being expressed but when it's forced on somebody and because of this you can't do certain things how dare you not already know how to do this that's when it starts to get a bad rap but it's not diversity itself it's how it's expressed as a therapist i hear genuine feelings expressed unhealthily all the time does that mean the feeling is wrong no does that mean that, the, that you can benefit from learning how to express it in a healthier way and then the other person has no need to defend themselves against you? Yes. And that's where the challenge comes in. So uh, it doesn't have to be uh, politicized because if difference is politicized and against the rules, then we're all in a pretty bad spot because it's actually unavoidable. We just don't often realize it. So if we acknowledge that, then we can embrace those differences uh, and find a way to uh, allow them to join us as opposed to divide us. Yeah. So what what would you say that Jesus says about diversity? Well, when when you go into uh verses um uh, like um you know they're neither um Jew nor a uh, Gentile uh, nor slave nor free, male nor female, for we are all one in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That sets a tone. That igni- it, it does both two things. One, at the end, a nice, nice, uh, simple phrase. We are all one in Christ Jesus. I like it. You can't argue with it, but don't skip to that. We're neither Jew nor nor Gentile, male nor female. It acknowledges the differences. We don't have to run for them. We are all one. And I see your male. I see your female. I'm not not literally denying the science of it. Neither slave nor free, neither Jew nor Gentile. We can have those differences and still be one. You can be from over here and we can still have something in common. So how can we acknowledge, not be delusional to it, we can acknowledge the differences and still embrace the oneness. That goes a long way. Uh, and just, just the idea that that uh, it says, um, in this world, there will be trouble. Mm-hmm. But take heart, I've overcome the world. It's like, okay, wait. So the fact that there's an offense is not against uh, the uh, it's not unfathomable. Something's absolutely wrong. Say like, no, there will be offense. It's not to say, look, I offended you. Not my fault. It's gonna happen. Get over it. No, that's dismissive. This is more like do your best to reduce the amount of offenses that you have, but don't be devastated when it happens. Why? 
because there are so many things that can potentially offend people. You, there's, It's impossible for you to guarantee that you can avoid them all. But when you make efforts to try, then you show, oh, you're trying to consider me. You just didn't know that there was a hurt here. You did not know there was a wound here. If I inform you and you respond in a healthier way, then we can preserve our relationship. But there will be trouble. There will be misunderstandings. There will be offenses, but they are overcomable through God, through love, through everything that, that we're trying to pursue. Relationships can be strengthened. It's not a shock to God. It's still part of his plan. Let's all move forward and say, okay, how can I not be uh, devastated by the the, misunder- the cultural misunderstanding? How can I use that as an opportunity to increase my understanding and work together to promote love and healthy relationships everywhere? Yeah, it's a good goal. So some of what you're talking about, I, I mean, I just love like that there's this heart of, I want to understand you. If I say something that is offensive, I actually have a desire where I want someone to tell me, Heidi, that that was offensive. You know, that that hurt me when you said that. I want that. However, I find that there's some people that, again, I'm not like judging them that they don't want that. But what I'm really hoping to do by having you on is really increase and maybe even convict people to be able to really see God's heart is for us to want to understand people, to want to make corrections, to that that the Holy Spirit inside of us is to be able to embrace um, difficult conversations and be able to get more comfortable with uncomfortable things. Because, I mean, that's it. If you look at Jesus, like he didn't avoid anything that was uncomfortable. And he didn't just stay with the same kind of people because that was comfortable with him. So, I mean, that's part of my prayer is that because that we can move into that place of we're not we're not trying to be political or polarizing this. It's literally this is what Jesus wants us to be is to be open to these uncomfortable conversations. So what are some ways that as as even some people are listening, they're like, OK, all right, I'll, you know, I'll. OK, I hear Jesus is wanting me to be open to this. How what are some of the steps for some some of us to be able to move into that place to be in that uncomfortable spot and to and to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, so let, let me uh, say first one one first step is to acknowledge um, the caution that makes it difficult for 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 many people is not always. Uh, something negative, something judging, racist, discriminatory. discriminatory. It's an acknowledgement of the the discomfort and the fear of the implications. Even when you said that, uh, you know, Jesus wants us to talk about this, this difficult topic. I would bet all the money in my pocket, and I don't like to bet because I don't like to lose money, but uh, uh, I would bet all the money in my pocket uh, that somebody felt like you were inviting them to walk into a firing squad. Uh, Jesus wants you to walk into saying that was yeah. invalidated I mean, it, 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 for someone. Ooh, yeah, right. It, not, it, not because of any uh, thing that, uh, any way that you said it, the invitation was great, but the fear around the topic says the invitation is you're asking me to put myself in harm's way. I can't do it. And if we acknowledge that, then we can still ask the question. The question needs to be asked. The invitation needs to be given. 
but we have to take away the view. We have to reframe it as, as not as walk into the firing squad, but invite yourself to a healthier conversation. How do I do this? Well, my, my therapist side comes out because that, that's where I get every uh, message and every learning uh, insight that I have. I think of a, a, a couple where one spouse is trying to express a feeling. Why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why can't you just do that? And we realize that the other person is getting defensive. Why are you getting just so defensive? I'm just expressing my need to you. I'm expressing my need for something changed. Mm -hmm. And you are defending yourself, minimizing my feelings, back and forth conflict, all based on a misunderstanding. When the initial person is expressing their feelings, that person can learn the difference between critique and criticism. They can say, how can I highlight when you did this? It made me feel that. Yeah. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not saying you intended to. I'm not saying you're callous to my feelings. I might, if I'm emotionally strong enough, give you the benefit of the doubt that you might not intend to do it, but I need to express to you a need, mm -hmm. not accuse you of being a bad person. And that difference between expressing it in a, as an accusation versus expressing the need invites the other person to say, oh, well, when you say it that way, Thank you for letting me know your need. You're right. I didn't see a need. I saw an accusation. When you opened your mouth on this topic, I heard you're a bad person. Defend yourself from being a bad person. Mm -hmm. But now that I hear your genuine unmet need, well, well, how do I meet that need? Now we have a whole different conversation. Help me to understand your need. Help me to meet your need. I'm going to bring it into a cultural piece and, and walk into that firing squad of somebody telling you how bad you are culturally. No, that's how it sounds. But that's not what we're inviting people to. We're inviting people to listen to other people's healthy or unhealthily expressed need, softly or quietly. No matter how they express it, listen for the legitimate need, unmet need underneath and say, huh, how can I reassure them? I hear your need. Can you give an example? I care about that. Could you give an example of this? Why, uh, to, to put it in, in the context, why is it that when uh, after after the, the 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 death of George Floyd, I came in late to uh, I'm picturing a handful of things I've heard in uh, corporate environments uh, in in the the weeks and months afterwards. I came in late and I get told that I must not be committed to this environment and this role in this in this business environment. I get put on a performance uh, a performance improvement plan and. And I am just reeling from the implications of this for my family and for my community. But my in my my business, my my managers don't even care about me. But the way they express it is, see, that's why I can't work in a place like this. Y'all don't understand. And see, if if if, if that's the kind of place you support, and it goes into a whole lot of unhealthily expressed feelings, mm -hmm. because they may not even be aware of the, 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 the unhealthy feelings under, or, or the illegitimate feelings underneath or how to express them healthily. And the manager may not necessarily be feeling the same way, may not be impacted the same way. It's just another business day as usual. And it's two people missing each other. When, if, uh, which I had the opportunity to do uh, in a therapeutic environment, I can help that person learn how to express their feeling in a healthy way. When I came in late, it wasn't because I uh, was not committed to the job. Look at my performance beforehand, that will show it. It's been impacting me in a way that I don't know yet how to express, but I need you to give me some grace room because I want to be committed to this, this environment, but I need you to give me the, the, the freedom uh, and the space to do it in a, in a healthy way. 
and I can work in a separate session because I had some of those bosses and some of those managers and, and some, of those, some of those leaders help understand, you know what, when other people express themselves in, in, in certain ways, it may not be what you think it is. Sometimes other things at home, other things in that community are impacting them. And you may have to offer a little bit of grace room. If you invest in the person, give them a safe space, create a safe environment at the next staff meeting, at the next board meeting for some flexibility, you may give them the grace room to show that they were just as committed as it has always been. And they can then feel cared for. And you have a more committed person yeah. after it's all said and done because they feel I'm not here just as a person. They care about me. I'm not here just for the job. They care about me as a person. And it, on the surface, it's just, did I come in late? And are you following the, ru the rules? Underneath, there's misunderstandings that have cultural implications that may get blown out of proportion that don't have to be. Some of them are. Some of them are exactly what it seems like, and it's unfortunate. But I've seen so many that are not, that we don't have to be afraid to even ask. We can say, hey, is there something else going on here? We can come on, learn how to come on, or uh, come to the side, not do, not do it in public. Yeah, I just want to let you know this was a safe place to, to talk about things. If yeah. you don't feel safe, that's fine. If you do, then just let me know. Inviting it in a healthy way and being open to hearing a difficult answer. Yeah, when you said that in that meeting, I felt invalidated. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just trying to tell you my feelings. Can you hear it and say, thank you for letting me know. I'll try to do something differently. Or are you going to throw it back in my face? healthy conversations that can come from a difficult topic. Yeah, I think that that, so I love how you t started the podcast by talking about marriages and relationships and how that literally relates to this because you're literally talking about the same thing. It, it is about exactly. having healthy conversation and being able to slow down with something that I don't like what you said, but it doesn't what matters more is the relationship that I care about yes. you as a person, not going into, oh, I don't like what you said. And this is how we polarize it and how we make it into a political thing or something that we don't like, because that's not what it's about. It's about the person. It's about the people, exactly. which is what Jesus is about. He's about the yes. person in front of us. And so we don't actually have to agree and we don't have to like yes. what the other person is saying or if someone is late for something that we might not even like why they're late or like why we even have to have the conversation but to give that person honor to say what is going on with you i want to hear what's happening i want to give you space to say that i see you it's yes. huge. It's huge for the person. It's huge for their family. And for people who care about production and business, it's actually huge for production in the effectiveness in the business. So it ends exactly. up actually helping production and <laughs> in a business as well by slowing down and seeing the person and not getting caught up in. Yeah, just to me, what I what I hearing what you're saying is I think a lot of what we've done is we've made it to be about something else. And it's actually about yes. the person in front of you. Exactly. And once you realize that you can apply it in so many different ways. I've seen I've had uh, restaurant groups uh, have me come out and train their their wait staff because, yes, you focus on the food. I can't teach you how to do that. I can't teach you all the the the, the hostess uh, roles and responsibilities, but I can help you uh, listen to your own language and figure out how are you welcoming people? How are you communicating in a way that says you're valued no matter what your similarities are just because you walked in here? Every teacher, uh, every every student, uh, politicians, even couples having political uh, differences and say, hey, you vote for one way 
I vote another way, but I still love you and I and you still love me. You want what's best for our family. I want what's best for our family. You just happen to think this person is better uh, suited to do it. And I happen to think this person is better suited to do it. But can we see the similarities underneath? We both want good things and we both hope for the best. You know, you know, the secret to the, to the, to the politics yeah. is neither one of us knows who's right. That is true. <laughs> Even the politicians yeah. don't know they, whether they can actually accomplish it. But if we re recognize we want healthier relationships, healthier communities, then that can join us all in the love and in relationships that, that we are all trying to do. And so the, the similarities just keep on going uh, above and beyond. Oh, this is so good. I mean, we're kind of getting close to the end of time. Um, so I want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything else that you're like, okay, I missed this. I really wanted to make sure that I talked about this and we didn't get to talk about that. Any other nuggets from Lambers that you'd love to make sure that we know? <laughs> Well, a lot of times I do like to emphasize that the the goal is, I think I alluded to earlier, the goal is to demystify diversity. Uh, when I talk to um, the DEI professionals who I, I don't compete with, I like to come alongside and help make their jobs easier. The goal is to make sure we're highlighting the people behind the policies. Mm -hmm. If we focus on it, because if we focus on a policy and procedure, what you can and can't do, should and shouldn't do, what you get in trouble for, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this then we're going to have a fear-based uh, uh, relationship. We're going to have a fear-based job. It's going to be more paralyzing than empowering. But when we instead focus on how can we instead run, instead of running from being canceled, instead of running from the, the, the next offense, we focus on how can I make everybody feel valued, seen, to, to be convenienced by our differences as opposed to inconvenience, then we don't have to run from anything because we're running to it. We're keeping our minds set on things above, as it says. Uh, and so then it can be a lot better and we don't have to fear any conversation. We don't have to fear to all. Uh, uh, you, you can walk into a staff meeting and say, hey, we're gonna talk about this difficult topic. And while everybody else sinks in their chair, you can sit up and say, okay, how'd you, what, how'd you, what, what'd you have in mind? That doesn't scare me because you're just inviting me to a different way to make everybody, including me, <laughs> including yourself, feel valued. And if we pursue that, then everybody can win. Mm, that's so good. It's not about the fear because God didn't give us, a, he didn't give us a spirit yes. of fear, power, love, and sound mind. So he doesn't want us to be about what we're afraid in conversation and with other people. Oh my exactly. gosh, thank you so much for this. Um, so I'd love for you to pray for our listeners, for us to just have more boldness and confidence with not walking in fear, um, but really about the relationship. And then I'd love for you to also share about where we could get a hold of you too. Definitely. All right. God, we love you. We thank you and praise you for all that you've done, all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. I uh, thank you for everybody who chose to listen in today and to hear a positive and encouraging perspective uh, on an often difficult topic of diversity. Uh, I recognize that it's often difficult because uh, it feels like a firing squad. It feels like walking into something that's painful, but hopefully people can find the positives within the difficult conversations, the positives focusing on the relationships, not the, the just the topics, and find a way to embrace themselves for their uniquenesses and learn how to find similarities and differences and appreciate both with everybody they encounter from their home to their workplace to their entire community. Help them be pleasantly surprised by what they find and the relationships that can be strengthened as a result. We put our hope and trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Yeah. So earlier I'd said that your website is diversitymadesimple.com. Um, how how else can people kind of get a hold of you? Would say mostly your website, or is there anything else that you would share? It's uh, primarily my website, diversitymadesimple.com. I also uh, share some uh, weekly encouragements on the Diversity Dude uh, website. Uh, it's fun. It's a fun name, uh, but um, uh, that's available on my website as well. Some some okay. LinkedIn, some YouTube videos, things like that. Uh, I also have my book, uh, which is when yes. uh, I can't go out and do trainings all the time. And so I put as much content as I could in one book. It's called Diversity in Clinical Practice, okay. a practical and shame-free guide to reducing cultural offenses and repair pairing cross-cultural relationships. And so even though the title is diversity in clinical practice, it's more than just for therapists. Yeah. I come from a therapist perspective, but I put it in such plain language that uh, anybody in all of these environments has benefited from it. And so that's great. Uh, and uh, if anybody's interested in uh, in having me come out and uh, encourage their group as well, then my website is the, is the one place uh, stop uh, to, to find me and inquire more. Uh, so that's the goal, making diversity simple, diversitymadesimple.com. And uh, even, if it, even if nobody even does that, but they're just encouraged from this podcast and it was worth it. And uh, it's good opportunity to uh, pour into uh, everybody in their individual relationships, one relationship at a time. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much, Lambert. It's been an honor having you on. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.